Welcome to Bikini Diaries. I'm Naima Thompson, businesswoman and IFBB bikini professional. Here, you will get the inside scoop from many bikini professionals and myself as we dive deep into the inner core of our triumphs, hardships, and evolution. This podcast was made to inspire, resonate, and enlighten others with all talks bikini in hopes that you never give up on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's talk bikini. Dear Diary. This episode is brought to you guys by Team Boss Bodies. Have you ever wanted to prep for a show but have nowhere to start? Are you that person who has no interest in prepping for a show at all, but you just want to get that really nice bikini bod? Or have you already accomplished your bikini bod and you've already been on stage, but you just want something a little bit more in your prep? You're just really ready to take it to the next level. Are you someone who wants to try a healthy approach to this dieting game? You want individualized attention and someone to be your guide telling you exactly what to do and when to do it and to also be your number one supporter. If you want to feel a part of a community where all of your goals really matter and you're achieving results and the results are actually maintainable, then I am so excited to invite you into the club. Team Boss Bodies is exactly for you. We specialize in women's health. We help women to reach their health and fitness goals. We believe in keeping food as high as possible and cardio as low as possible. We customize your meal plans to your likes and your dislikes. And we also create a plan that is sustainable for your life for the long haul. You also have the option of choosing a more flexible plan if you want to count macros. Each plan includes your training, nutrition, cardio, and supplementation. Plans are adjusted weekly to a bi-weekly basis, and you are checking in twice a week. There's ongoing assessment to target your strengths and your weaknesses, weekly consultations, and ongoing guidance. You get 24-7 access to your coaches through text and email. And let's not forget our perks. We have a Facebook group that's going to help keep you accountable and invite you into a community that loves you and that is on the same journey as you. And team shows to get all of our girls involved. So if this is for you and you're ready to give it a try, you can go to teambossbodies.com slash apply and use the code Bikini Diaries for 15% off your packages. Now let's get into the episode. Happy Tuesday and welcome to the Bikini Diaries podcast. I'm so excited for you to be listening on today and I'm excited also because I decided to do a Bikini Diaries honorary giveaway and today's winner is titled, she titles her review, Love, Love, Love with three loves, which I love. (laughs) And it goes like this. So I stumbled upon Naima's podcast after list, after following Jesse Palmer on Instagram and she was interviewed in an episode and recommended it. I can say that after listening to episode 36 that Naima interviewed Jesse, I've been hooked. 
I will be competing in my first bikini show in 16 days and just listening to her episodes has helped me in so many ways in prep and in life. I've never met Naima. Hmm, okay, well, maybe one day we'll meet, hopefully. But you can tell she is truly a genuine person. And just listening to her, you can tell how very passionate she is about educating and motivating those interested in or competing in the fitness bodybuilding world. It is so nice to hear from fellow bodybuilders, fitness lovers, especially hearing the struggles, motivation for each other, Each question is amazing that I wouldn't think of asking because prep brain, hello, girl, I hear you, but love to know that the answers, of course. Thank you, Naima, for being you and for doing these podcasts. Each episode makes such a difference in your listeners' lives. My Instagram is Lizzie underscore Cunningham if you want a girl, if you want to give your girl a follow. Oh my God, you are so cute. Definitely want to follow you and definitely going to give you a Bikini Diaries honorary tank top. Thank you so much, Lizzie, for that detailed review. I absolutely loved it. You have no idea how much it means to me when you guys leave a review. I read every single review. Reviews help make it easier for other people to find the podcast. If you know someone who would really benefit from the content here on the podcast, please leave a review to help them find it more or just share it with one of your friends. Thank you in advance. Okay, guys. So, oh my goodness, boy, do I have a real talk for you today. Let's talk all about natural bodybuilding. Like, what exactly does that even mean? Is that even possible? And the true question, can you become a top professional being 100% natural? Well, you're going to find out what an all-natural competitor goes through their struggles and hardships. This woman I chat with today comes with a bucket of knowledge as she shares with us her journey being a top athlete, all-natural. So without further ado, I am so excited and delighted to introduce to you IFBB bikini professional, Jordan. Lee. How are you? I'm so well. How are you? Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm wonderful. I'm so glad that you're on this podcast. We cannot wait to get to know you a little bit better. I'm very excited. Thank you again. So let's get started with Bikini Hack. Just a series of quick questions, again, to get to know you a little bit better. So where are you from? Uh, So I'm originally from Toronto, Canada, and I moved uh, to the U.S. and I've been here for a little over a decade now. So I live in the dirty south. Oh, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So are you Canadian then or are you American? Yeah, I'm Canadian um, by birth. I actually am dual citizen now. So uh, (laughs) I'm a naturalized American as well, but originally Canadian. Okay, and you said you live in the Dirty South now. Where is that? I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The ATL, baby. Okay, that's awesome. I'll have to come visit you. I'm not too far. I'm in Florida. Oh, that's not far at all. So um, how many years have you been competing? So I originally uh, started this 
fitness journey seriously competing in 2015. Um, that's when I did my first NPC show, to be exact. And I took a little bit of time off, uh, well, two years to be exact. And I didn't think I was ever going to step back on stage until the summer of 2017. What a hot summer. And uh, I was like, huh, I wonder what it's like to prep again. And it was purely out of curiosity. And I prepped myself. Uh, I got back on stage in August of 2017. I did a local show. I won the overall. And 10 days later, I was awarded my pro status at North Americans. Mm. Wow. That is a hot summer. (laughs) Jordan, how old are you? Ooh, I I am uh, not quite in my 30s yet, but well into my 20s. So still a spring chicken, I like to say. Yay! (laughs) Yay to the spring chickens. Hey, there's nothing wrong with a fall chicken either. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do for a living? Of course. So I um, work in business technology and I manage... um, gift cards that's everything that has to do with gift cards from the technical elements to the marketing marketing elements to the sales elements um so it is very very high stress very demanding but very rewarding at the same time um so i manage our microsoft and our hbo relationship so it keeps me very very busy basically the easiest way to sum it up so like super nerdy by day and then by night I'm like all in this fit life if you want to call it so okay that's awesome that you can do both though it's awesome that you have a real job and something that isn't just you know isn't just like you know competing you're not just competing and that's all you do but you also like do something that you can make a good living off of which is great well one of the reasons why um you know I decided to continue my career outside of fitness is because I feel that it gives me an edge, right? So it's it's very challenging. It keeps me sharp. It keeps me on my toes. It allows me to be exposed to other things outside of fitness, mm-hmm. um, which contributes to me being a more well-rounded person. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a life 100% committed to fitness in terms of, you know, making monetary gains from that. But, you know, my personal preference is also having something outside of fitness to, you know, keep me going, keep me interested, keep me learning new things. So um, it it allows me to be multidimensional. Yeah, I sense that. So what is your favorite quote? So my favorite quote quote is an ounce of effort reduces a pound of pain. And this is something that I've been able to apply to all elements of my life from, you know, my corporate career to, you know, my home life to my my life as as a professional athlete. And it, it really is true. If you just put a little bit of effort within you know, your task, your duty, or your responsibility, like you'll notice in the long run, it makes such a big difference rather than skipping steps and taking shortcuts, you know, because I find that if you take shortcuts or or skip steps, you may um, not get the result that you're looking for, Mm. you know? So I definitely try to um, do everything that I can um, to make sure the result that I'm looking for is quality. 
what's one quality about yourself that makes you a really strong athlete? Oh boy. Um, I'm very consistent, very, very consistent. And I am a creature of habit. Um, I like routine and I feel that those things have really allowed me to flourish um, in terms of the sport of bodybuilding, because, you know, that's what it is. You have to practice um, certain things consistently to obtain results, you know? So uh, an inconsistent path isn't going to lead to um, the end goal. For me, that's at least what I've found. So being really consistent has, has helped me progress. No, definitely. I think a lot of us, you know, feel like we can accomplish these goals really quickly or we can, you know, we, we start for a month and then we don't see progress. So we get frustrated, but what we don't realize, like what you said, you know, consistency is definitely key. And that's, that's a great attribute to have in the, um, the sport of bodybuilding for sure. You know, when you, when you stay consistent and then you start seeing things change in the direction that you're looking for, then it just motivates you to continue that consistency, Mm. you know, and then it, it, becomes a characteristic that is something instilled in you and then you can use those that characteristic in other areas so why do you compete I compete because it's fun (laughs) that's uh that's just my off-the-cuff answer I have a freaking blast competing um you know on stage what we see is the glam the glittery bikinis and the makeup and the hair and the tans and all that stuff and it's, it's funny because I'm like a super tomboy off stage like you can, you can catch me in like a, a snapback hat and sp dunks but like I get on stage and it's just like a completely different Jordan yeah um, you're like Cinderella <laughs> especially with your blue suit yeah <laughs> it's like yeah, the perfect Cinderella color I, I I literally thank you. I literally have a freaking blast. Like it's it's so much fun, and I feel that one of the reasons why I have such a great time is because how I live my lifestyle in order to do this whole competitive thing. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't kill myself to get ready for a show. If I was killing myself to get on stage, then I wouldn't do it. That's just being completely transparent. Um, Because, again, you have to have a certain quality of life with whatever you do. And if you're like, okay, I want to do X, I want to do Z, I want to, you know, climb this mountain or I want to run this race and you don't enjoy every step to get there. Well, I mean, not every step is going to be great, but if you're not um, fulfilled in, in getting to your goal, then that's not a great quality of life to have, you know? So I do this because I have fun. And at the same time, it's a challenge. It's like the next step. So I have a passion for, for training, for getting in the gym and rolling my sleeves up and getting my hands dirty and putting in work, you know, getting sweaty, seeing my body change and dialing in my body to a condition where I can get on stage is is just pushing that a little further and a little more of a challenge. And I have an absolute blast doing it. So 
Well, I love that you have so much fun and I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into your fun and how we can all kind of have a little bit more fun. But I want to finish this bikini hack. So what is the greatest bikini moment that you have had? My greatest bikini moment. The greatest bikini moment that I have ever had was when one of my best friends had her first victory and I placed second next to her. And that's not something, you know, you typically hear from somebody, but it's, it goes deeper than that. When you have built a bond with someone over a unique subculture that not very many understand and you, you see each other's blood, sweat and tears and heart day in and day out go through something okay and get on stage and and you see them finally have that victory but you can stand proudly next to them as well that's something that's amazing and that's probably you know the the best moment in in my career that I've experienced so far um and then I'm not, I'm not getting sappy, <laughs> but that, that, that truly is something incredible. How many people can say, you know, my best friend and I placed first and second. Exactly. It's not- one of those things where it's like, it's great to get to the top, but it's even better when you're at the top with the people that, you know, with your tribe. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable. And you know, just like going back to that moment makes me feel really good. And I know how much that meant to her. And I'm just, I was just, it was, it was such a great time, great time. So that, uh, that, that was the moment that was most memorable, memorable for me. Memorable. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Jordan. So we're getting to the end of the bikini hack. If you could choose one, I think I know what you're going to say, though. But if you could pick one, what would be your favorite? Prepping, stage day, or post-show treats? I'm going to say stage day. What did you think mine was going to be? Stage day? (laughs) Yeah, okay, there you go. Good, 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 good. Yeah, it's it's definitely stage day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, when you are getting amped to get on stage that's you you well for me I just I don't get into like a different mindset or anything but like it's game time like it's go time like here we go and like I love a crowd I love to be in front of a crowd I don't like to be in a crowd but I love to be in front of a crowd and it's like this is your moment like this is your moment to do what you do and display all of your hard work to the best of your ability. So stage day or stage day. Yeah. Competition day, show day. That is my absolute favorite. And then you also get to see um, your friends, your your coach, um, people in the industry that you've built relationships over time competing. So it's like you're getting on stage, but it's also a reunion at the same time, which is really nice. And it just makes the whole thing worthwhile. 
Yeah, I love meeting the girls backstage. You know what I mean? Yes. People that you've followed or talked to or people who've given you advice or, you know, now next time we go to a show, I like, can't wait to hug you and see you in person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just it's just unreal. It's something that you, I mean, you're going to get when, you. I mean, you can only get that at a show, you know? Right. So it's awesome. We build these relationships over social media and then the day comes where you finally get to meet everybody in person and that's exciting yes I agree (laughs) so I mean you kind of talked about it a little bit but I kind of want to ask you like how did your fitness journey begin what got you into competing and fitness in general so I grew up an athlete um all throughout elementary school high school and even college and I I had a pretty bad injury I tore my ACL and meniscus back when I was in high school doing gymnastics. And um, what happens is sometimes with those injuries, you develop arthritis in the joints. And that's exactly what happened to me. So I was playing volleyball throughout college and, and I, my joints really couldn't take the hard jamming anymore. And I was also into running. Haha. <laughs> and I was vegan. That's funny. I was a runner and a, a vegan eater. Um <laughs> But and, and my joints just couldn't take the pounding anymore. And I, I needed to think of something that would allow my body to be stabilized, but also get my heart rate up and keep me in shape. And, you know, one day I was I was like, uh, you know, let me just like go into my condo gym and see what that's like. And I, you know, picked up the weights and started um, just with really basic stuff. I didn't know any lifts, you know? Um, but as I got more curious and liked the way I felt every time I would go into the gym and do these very basic lifts, uh, it piqued my curiosity. So when I was in, uh, I guess I started really getting serious back in maybe 20, 2012 or 2013, not 2012. Um, so I would just spend time on the internet and YouTube, just self-educating, um, not only with how to lift and the different parts of the body, um, but with nutrition as well. And I was very, very intrigued and it just kind of took off from there. Um, so it was out of injury and then grew from curiosity and blossomed into where we are today. (laughs) So, And when you started competing, you said that uh, you started and then you took some time off. So what made you take time off after you started? This is, this is interesting. Um, so my first year competing, I did three shows and the fourth show that I was going to do was a national, um, show where you know you would be able to win your pro card and I was filling out the paperwork to sign up for the show and read in the fine print that you must be an American citizen to compete in this show oh and at the time I did not have my American citizenship and this was about two weeks out and I was like well you know what (laughs) It's not my time, you know. I, I there's nothing that I can do about this. These are the rules. These are the guidelines. Um, and the show that I was eligible to compete in after 
um, universe was North Americans, but I had a prior engagement that I could not miss. So um, those things were a contributing factor into why I took time off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the first prep that I had um, was nothing like the prep or the methodologies that I use now to get ready. Very, very different. So you couple really being tired with um, news that you didn't expect, you kind of just walk away, you know, at least I did. Um, And then I lived my life. I still trained very, very hard, Um, ate really good, Uh, (laughs) flourished in my corporate career. Um, And then, you know, came back to stage in 2017. So that's very interesting. It's kind of like you find out like Santa Claus isn't real and you're just like, what do I do now? <laughs> right. Definitely. And it's so funny. Okay. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was at my breakfast bar and I read the fine print, you know, on the registration form. And, uh, I was like, well, well, damn, this isn't my time. I went to my kitchen I got my rice cakes and I got my hummus because I hadn't had hummus in months. And I sat on that breakfast bar and I ate my rice cakes and hummus because that was what I was craving for so freaking long. And that was the start of my uh, my two-year off-season. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> hummus and I rice cakes. Oh, my God. Sounds delicious with, right now. With hummus? How good does that sound? Mm. Wow. I love hummus. So good. <laughs> so during the two years that you had off, did you miss it at all? I mean, I know you said there was a hot summer, but exactly how did you get back into, you know, competing? Like, were you kind of thinking about it or? It's actually funny. Like when I stepped away from that whole world, I kind of just removed myself like mm. completely you know it just I focused on other areas and it wasn't I didn't feel bad about it right because the way that I prepped back then it was very like it's prep or it's no life Mm. and that's why it was kind of easy to walk away from it I had no balance so during my two years off um or away from the competitive world I just I lived I traveled um, I ate, I trained hard as hell. Um, and it was literally like, I'm curious about what this process is like again, but if I do this, it has to be different. It cannot be like the first time I prepped, it has to be different. And that's when I decided to coach myself, you know, all of the things that I learn through research um you know youtube is a wonderful resource i'm sure you guys know this and the internet um i took all those things that i learned and i applied it to my own prep you know and it it was sort of a thing like okay i'm gonna experiment with this see how it goes see if i can get my body in a place that's presentable to go on stage and if it is then i'll get on stage if it's not no hard feelings so It, it was it was purely about like the challenge and the curiosity of what it would be like again. Well, I would say it definitely worked since you became a pro. Exactly what was the difference you feel um, when you started prepping yourself versus when you actually had a coach? What were some of the things that you changed? Um, some of the things that I changed, 
more food, less cardio, more compound lifts. I train like an athlete, right? A lot of push, a lot of pull, a lot of overhead presses, um, a lot of compound movements. I, I, I can't speak for how other others train, but, you know, I, I get in there and I come out looking like a hot mess. Like I put in the work, right? So I see myself as an athlete, not a bodybuilder, not a competitor, but an athlete. So the, the training element was much different than the first time, right? So for example, the first time around was much more like accessory movements, um, not as heavy weights, uh, you know, it wasn't as challenging. Um, and then, you know, when I decided to take things into my own hands, it was more about nourishing the body so I can perform in the gym, mm. if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. You completely change your entire, I guess, goal in a sense. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. knew that you need to build muscle. You knew that you needed you, – you focused on performance. Yes. You know, and let the performance – you know, kind of work for you in a way to where you could sculpt your body that way. Yep. And I love that you used uh, yeah. education, you know, like you really educated yourself. I don't think enough athletes actually put in the work to educate themselves. I think we kind of get into the habit of doing everything our coach tells us to do, which mm -hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it can't hurt to educate yourself so that you feel, um, you know, so that you can grow as well. Yep. You know what I mean? Because yep. we, we pay our coaches to coach us. We don't pay them to educate us. Yep. So I think that's I, awesome that you did that. Well, so, and, and I'll, I'll layer onto that. I 1000%, not 100, 1000% um, suggest that everybody do their research. It is so important to educate yourself. If you have a question around why a coach tells you to do this or that ask why or research it like because at the end of the day you own your health right you only get one life it's 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 priceless you know so there is accountability on the athlete as well you can't just put it on your coach we're all adults we all signed up for this and if something doesn't feel right or if you don't feel good or something just doesn't make sense, you have to put in the work yourself to find the answers and figure it out or push back, you know? And and I do feel that a coach should educate as well, you know? So I have athletes um, and when they have questions, I answer to the best of my ability so they can understand why. And the reason why that's important is because when they're doing whatever it is I ask, it clicks mentally and it makes sense. So they're like, okay, I do um, A plus B, it's going to equal C, right? So the the formula to them, it, it's sensible. So it, it's also encouraging as well. It's kind of like if somebody gives you direction, but you put a blindfold on, you're going to run into a wall or you're going to trip and fall, right? So that education element, especially stepping into this world is so important because once you step into this world, your life changes forever, hmm. forever. And 
oftentimes when people ask me about competing, I pause before I answer the question because I have to make sure that I'm answering the question very carefully, right? And the reason why is because there's a there's a lot of good out there and there's a lot of everything else. Yeah. You know? So no, I definitely agree. Back to that whole education thing. You have to do your education so you're armed to make the right choices. And so you would say this time around, uh, going back to when you were talking about how much fun you were having, you would say, you know, this time around, it was a lot more fun for you. You were able to instill balance. Um, how are you able to do that exactly? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and also, how are you able to instill balance without feeling like you're not giving 110% into competing? Of course. So um, one of the methodologies that I use and, and my team uses um, and that my coach really, um, it's, it's what we do with Fit Body Fusion is we count macros. And macros are wonderful because it allows you to have variety within the foods you eat. Now, I'm not going to, I'm going to say this. My rule is 80, 20 or 90, 10. So 80 or 90% whole foods and the rest fun foods to keep things interesting. Again, because we're athletes, we have to perform and we have to fuel ourselves with good food to perform optimally. So by counting macros, it allows me to have that flexibility to um, have dinner with family or go to a restaurant and wisely choose exactly um, what I'm going to have. That does take a little bit, plan- a little bit of planning, especially if you're newer to the to the macro game. But um, I've I've been counting macros since you know 2012, so I could do this in my sleep. So you know the maturity within counting macros has allowed me to really um, have that balance, if that makes sense. And then I'm not afraid of food, right? I fear no food. Um, I eat what makes me feel good. I stay away from the foods that don't make me feel good. That's just, you know, kind of my rule of thumb. And that's what I also advise my athletes. Um, So you you have to pay attention to the things that you're eating as well to understand how your body responds. Um, But yeah, like it's, it's taking away that fear Um, and being comfortable with food, having a good relationship with food, you know, and I will say that first prep that, that we've referred back to a couple of times, um, it wasn't counting macros like this. Um, it, you know, have you ever heard of the binge diet cycle? Oh yeah. Okay. I know we're all guilty of this one time or not in our competitive career, but I have fallen into that before and it is terrible. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely terrible. That is one of the reasons why I love macros so much, but let me throw out this caveat here. Macros with sufficient enough macros, right? Anybody could be like, Oh, I count macros, but really you're not eating that much food. So again, I, keep my caloric intake up to um, a level where I can have that balance and still function, right? And still function in my career during the daytime outside of, you know, getting ready for a show. That's very, very important to me. And to be honest, if I wasn't able to function, 
and excel mentally, then this is not something that I could do because I'm not sacrificing my quality as a human being to get on stage. Now, I know it's different for everyone, but what would you say is a, you know, an amount of macro intake that you're able to function on? Oof. Okay, that's going to be difficult. And and I'll explain a little bit why. So it it depends on your energy, your energy output. Right? Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm expending um I'm just going to throw some figures out here, so bear with me. Let's say I'm expending uh, or burning 3000 calories a day. Okay? And I'm eating I don't know, a thousand calories a day. Mm-hmm. That's way too low to function, right? I'm burning more calories my just by resting, right? I need more calories than that just to live, just to breathe, just to function. So you need to make sure, and each individual needs to make sure that they're eating enough calories to meet their resting metabolic rate. So whatever calories that is just to live, that's what you need to be eating. Does that make sense? No, it definitely makes sense. Um, Hopefully it's making sense for everyone else. I guess my next question would be, uh, when do you start to taper that and how soon is it to taper it? Or, you know, two weeks out, three weeks Mm -hmm. out. I mean, those are where you're really dialing yourself in. So, I mean, can you still be eating enough to perform and still look good on stage or is it okay to actually taper that down once you get closer to kind of dial yourself in? Yep. So I love this question. So when you count macros, sometimes you don't taper it down. Sometimes you increase. Hmm. So for me, when I'm lean, my body is a freaking inferno. Like you could throw food at me and my body will just burn through it. So for instance, last season, my coach, she actually reversed me in like every single show. I got a little bit more food, a little bit more food, and my body got a little more better, a little more better. It improved. So it really just depends on where you are at physically and where your metabolism is. And I want to go back to the whole consistency thing that we talked about at the very beginning of this podcast. That's why it's so important important to to maintain some level of consistency so you know which variables to pull right um whether that's uh, a little more cardio a little less cardio a little more food or a little less food right um now let's just go back to a very 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 blank canvas let's say my weight has stabilized for um I don't know, let's say three, four months, right? And my macros have stayed around the same, right? You could either go two ways. You could, well, typically you would taper back your macros to dial it in, or, you know, you could reverse. It all just depends on how your body's reacting to the changes in food. You know what I mean? No, definitely. So it's a little different. It it gets tricky. That's why um, the whole consistency thing is important. And then I'm going to also say this. When you find a good coach that has kept you healthy, stick with them because they know your body 
and they're going to know which levers to pull versus not not having found that coach that you build that rapport with then it gets tricky and you're always playing that guessing game around what to do with your body that makes sense so I know you've already said that you do macros and you stay very consistent, but would you say that you stick to the same foods as well to stay consistent or are you switching it up a lot? I typically switch it up. Um, I have my core foods that are my bases. So for instance, like the jasmine rice, the sweet potatoes, the white potatoes, uh, the fruits, the veggies. Um, but yeah, I mean, I will change it up so I don't develop food intolerances. So there's um, a methodology of dieting where you only can eat from a few food groups. And what happens is, is when you do that, once you eat outside of those food groups, your body kind of responds in a negative way. So by me counting macros and changing the foods that I eat on a day-to-day basis, it prevents that. And it also keeps me sane and it keeps me feeling like a normal human being. (laughs) If that makes sense. So like, you know, with prep, like there's no on and off switch for me. It's literally just small adjustments to make sure that we're, we're going in the right direction to get on stage. Um, so one day I may have bananas and the next day I may have apples or uh, breakfast sandwiches or, you know, uh, maybe I'll have a grilled cheese sandwich. It just, it just depends. But again, I'm making sure that I'm feeling with whole foods, and then I'll fill in the gaps with the fun stuff. So I love that. I love that. I think we all need to uh, hear that. I feel like a lot of times um, I've been very flexible. And then once I get really close to a show, I just lose all flexibility. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I I forget to cycle out of it because it is so important. And um, it definitely changes, you know, your body when you are flexible and when you stay flexible um, so that you are, you know, you're not developing those food intolerances like you, like you touched on before. I'm kind of curious about how you stay fun. Like how do you, how do you keep uh, fitness fun? How do you keep this lifestyle fun? Um, because you, you mentioned it earlier, just like, I like to have fun. If it wasn't fun, I wouldn't do this. But are there ever days where you're just like, this is not fun or you're having a hard time or, you know, and then also, you know, you kind of mentioned like you make this so this isn't like, you know, I guess like your entire life. But when you're after a goal, how do you mentally do that? Yeah. So um, I think one of the things that allows me to have fun is I have a passion for training. Like I just I love to get in the gym and throw around the weights like I love, love, love that. Right. And it's just something that gives me joy and makes me happy and fills me up. And getting ready for shows is just a little bit of a challenge, right? And it's fun because it keeps things interesting. Like I'm not just stagnant, right? I'm not just sitting complacent. Um, my body's changing, you know, I'm, I'm doing things to get a different result, And then when you accomplish that goal, when you get on stage and you see all the fruits of your labor, then you're like, yes, this was great. And then when you get off stage, you get back to work. I mean, I do at least, right? But for me, the biggest part is the mental. So competing is not my end all be all. 
it has contributed to who I am today, but it does not make or break me. So I don't get those post-show blues. I don't get like depressed after a season is done. It's like, okay, what else can I explore? It's friends and family. It's more time for friends and family. What can I do that I haven't done in a long time? You know what I mean? Um, it just it just allows for a little more flexibility. And it's it's looking more on the positive side than the negative side, if that makes sense. And that's one of the reasons why I love to have my career outside of fitness because it keeps me um, multidimensional. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, if you just have like one side of you, you know, when you have that high and you come back down, then it's like, well, where do I turn to? What do I do? So that's why I think it's so important. And I keep pushing that whole balance thing is to, to find that balance and fight for that balance. And when you have it, cherish it, love it. Don't let it go because it's so, so important. Um, so I think, going back to what makes it fun is mindset. It's all mindset and knowing that one thing does not define you as a person. There are things that help create you into who you are, but just one thing doesn't define you. Like one loss isn't going to change you as a human or change the person you are or one win, you know, like, these things just contribute to the big picture and, and the person that you're going to be. And it helps build character, you know? So I just like, I hope that people go into this bodybuilding lifestyle and this competitive lifestyle with, with a pure genuine heart. Like I want to do this for me. Um, not necessarily. I want to do this as uh you know, to get a revenge body or to show so-and-so this or prove that or prove this at the end of the day, you don't have to prove yourself to anyone, right? Mm -hmm. You have to do it for you, not just with competing, but anything that you do in life purely for you. So. Yeah. I love your insight. It's been amazing talking to you so far. I absolutely love everything that you're saying. I feel like you're speaking to my soul right now, especially going into peak week. Um, yes. It's been such a pleasure. Like I love everything, Jordan. And I, I, one of the things I also love about you is that you preach natural bodybuilding, which is so amazing. So could you kind of tell us exactly, cause this kind of means a little different different differently to everyone but uh to each individual but what does natural bodybuilding mean to you okay um this is uh this is an interesting one and this is something that goes really unspoken and is kind of taboo but you know I'm a natural athlete I scream it from the skyscrapers the rooftops the mountaintops you know um natural bodybuilding okay I have not used, I call it, quote unquote, advanced supplementation. So any sort of steroids, any sort of anabolics, any sort of um, illegal fat burners or fat burners that you have to get prescribed from a doctor, um, any harsh diuretics. Like, I've never touched any of those things in my entire life, um, ever, and I never will. And I stand by being natural. You can be successful in the bikini pro league as a natural athlete. 
I have placed top placings in many shows. I have a victory under my belt. Um, and I don't even use fat burners, you know, like <laughs> I barely even do any sort of crazy water manipulation when I, I'm going into a show. So I'm very passionate about that because I'm passionate about health. Mm. I'm passionate about physical health and I'm passionate about mental health. And when you put all of those things in your body, especially as a female, not good things happen, right? Like we've seen or we've witnessed a lot of um, bodybuilders lose their lives because of these drugs and it hurts. It's heartbreaking. They're leaving behind families, you know? Um, and especially in the bikini division, it's just something that I feel isn't needed. And I'm getting a little too passionate about this. I need to stick to myself, but um, I don't need it. I'll never use it. My athletes, I do not recommend that um, they use any of those things. You know, when I have consults to bring on new athletes, I, um, I let them know that I am a natural athlete. I'm very passionate about it. Um, and if they are open about using what I like to call quote unquote advanced supplementation or, you know, steroids or whatever, then typically I will refer them to someone else because that is not my area of expertise. Oh my God. The honorary teas are now available. I am stoked. These teas were designed by me and they represent everything this podcast is about. Strength, overcoming struggles, making the impossible possible, having a voice in the sport, and of course, never giving up on your dreams. If you want to be a supporter of this movement, then head over to naimafit.com shop to grab yours today. Use the code Bikini Diaries for 20% off your order. I will be ever so grateful. You know. What do you think about the people who have used enhancements in the past but then stop for maybe a year or two and then they compete? Are they still considered natural? Um that's that's a that's a good question. I mean I, I mean I'm not really familiar about like exactly you know any of it too. I'm very yeah. very much like you like I've never taken yeah. anything so I don't really know I can see what it does to people's bodies, but I don't know if like that goes away or if that's yeah. something like they take something and then it's like, you know, they're hard forever or what. Right. Ha I re I really don't know what happens. <laughs> well, it, it, okay. So let's, let's, let's break it down two ways. Let's start with the medical and uh, scientific element. So if they get their blood work done and there's none of that stuff found in their system, I guess they're considered natural right? Hmm. If they get their blood work done and there's that crap still in their system, maybe it's a gray area or maybe they are considered unnatural. Um, now, in terms of the physical changes, I think that some of the muscle mass may stick with some people and maybe some people deflate. It also depends on what they're taking and the combination of things that they're taking. Again, I don't have firsthand knowledge about this, this is just things that I've heard. Um, and from my understanding, there are different concoctions that can be made to get the right recipe for each individual. Right. Mm. Um, so I guess that also factors into it. But again, I don't touch that 
stuff. Yeah, I've, I've always kind of wondered, like, if they use it in the past um, and then, like, you know, maybe a year or two later, are they still being affected by what they used before? Like, are they still, you know, like, are they, you know, like, once their body has changed, you know, is it is it still changed two years? So, so oh, let's, okay, let's, let's go, okay, let's say that uh, somebody competes in a league where uh, steroid use is not monitored, right? And then they leave that league and go compete in a league that steroid use is monitored and they have to do blood work and do the urine test and it comes back as negative as in there is nothing in their system and they can compete in that natural league, then I assume they would be deemed as natural, Mm -hmm. right? So I literally think with that question, it comes down to what is currently in your system versus okay. what is not in your system. Oh, okay, now, no, that makes sense. Yeah, looking at it purely from the scientific and medical perspective. Now, looking at it from if the muscle sticks or not, well, I mean, if the muscle stuck when you were taking stuff, but you don't have it in your system, I would consider you natural, right? But, you know, again, going back to the whole thing, I don't think bikini pros need it for anybody that competes in the bikini division, especially based on the criteria that they're looking for. Um, You know, they want athletic, tight physiques, not too much separation, not too much vascularity. They want the small waist. They want um, they want to see that nice full upper body, the nice full glutes. They want to see, um, uh, hamstring development, but not too much separation. If you guys have attended Sandy's seminars, she goes through exactly what she's looking for and other judges within the NPC and IFBB professional league, they share what they are looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. And then this is going to segue into my next thing. So Somebody listening right now may be like, well, I'm confused because at that show, they pick somebody super, super hard and separated and striated and yada, yada. Well, maybe that person had the best physique out of that entire lineup, right? So there are so many factors to consider, you know, in terms of, of the look. And I think I kind of rabbit hole into another subject. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I, <laughs> I'm i like, oh, I want to touch on that too, but... <laughs> It also depends on who shows up, kind of like you said, maybe they have yeah. the best or maybe everybody there is, they're all very, very hard. So now you have to judge it from more of a, a hard, harder standpoint, you know what I mean? Like a harder, yeah. um, you know, you have to go with what's showing up at the time. Yes. Um, but I do wanted to ask, I do want to ask you this. Do you believe that you can be Miss Bikini Olympia all natural? Yes, 100%. Like me as in like myself or just any female out there that is eligible that's a good question i mean (laughs) i i believe that uh i believe that the question the the way you answered it the first time will suffice for both awesome yes Mm -hmm. i i do um whoever has that that goal that dream if you're natural you want to be natural you want to stay natural you can one thousand percent accomplish being Miss Bikini Olympia natural or Miss Bikini International natural. You do not have to put that stuff in your system. And I stand by that. 
strongly. <laughs> what are your thoughts about like over the counter enhancements? So like some some companies have like the hardeners or like the estrogen blockers, but there are things that you can buy in the store. Do you think those actually work? Do you think that those are even um like useful, helpful? I don't know because I've never used them. <laughs> I've never used them, so I don't know. Um, I don't know anybody who's used those e-blockers before. Um, so that I'm I'm sorry that I can't answer that. Uh, no, but, it's okay. <laughs> you know, like, but I th- I think just like going back to my whole, you know, platform of being natural, and you can achieve success and greatness in the sport being natural. You don't need that stuff. And why are you going to waste your money on that crap? We spend enough money on food and workout clothes and everything else. Why do you want to spend money on extras? That's just going to damage your health. You know, like work harder, work harder in the gym, like just straight up. Like you do not have to touch that stuff. I want to say the S word, but I'm not going to, because I like to keep it polite on your podcast. You can beat yourself. It's okay. I'm sure everybody is going to appreciate it. I mean, I know everybody is appreciating everything that you've basically shared thus far. I know that I I do, um, you know, immensely. Thank you. I appreciate that. So what would you say are the major differences? Because you did say like, hey, work harder. So what would that mean? Like, what does it mean to actually work harder? What would you, what do you think that you do differently than maybe someone else uh, who are, who's using enhancements? Um, you know, every time I get in and and I have a training session, I literally lit like I joke with my friends and I'm like, I need a mouth guard because I literally push the limit, like nobody's business. Like I could feel those muscle fibers bursting, the blood rushing to my muscles. Like I can feel the changes. Like I lift to exhaustion. I lift and tell them like, all right, I'm tapping out. I'm done. I push those limits because that's the only way I'm going to change my physique. And mm-hmm. being a taller athlete, I have to put on more muscle because when I am standing next to, and because, you know, in the pro leagues, we don't have height classes. We're all judged together. When I'm standing next to somebody who's five four five 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 three, and I don't have enough muscle on me, I look stringy. I look like a runway model which is not the look that they're looking for in bikini so I have to get in the gym bust my ass to really really make those changes and make those gains and put that muscle on um you know literally sweat every single session hot mess every single session like I have to do the foam rolling I have to do the Epsom salt baths I have to do that maintenance right like I'm not getting in there and just doing kickbacks and using five pound dumbbells, like I'm throwing up like 40 pound dumbbells for overhead presses. I'm, you know, doing heavy push pull days, hypotrophy days, strength days, um, really, really training hard. Um, and I can only speak for myself, you know, I'm, I'm not going in there to take selfies and take videos of myself and make sure I'm looking cute. I get in and I work. And when I leave, I'm exhausted and I feel accomplished. I never walk into the gym feeling like I wasted my time. Never. I always go in 
and make it worth my while because time is precious. You can't get it back. It doesn't stop, right? So I make sure that I put my heart into it. Um, and again, like I have to train harder and I have to train heavy and I have to make sure that my nutrition is right to grow and to change my body and, and have those changes stay with me. Right. I'm training for longevity. I'm not changing. I'm not training for the sprint. I'm not changing for training for the 100 meter dash. Like I'm not training just for like one good showing and then hanging up the heels. I'm training because I love to do it and because I want my health in a position where I'm older, I'm still sprightly, you know, I still have have great physique. My internal health is still good. Um, You know, based on things that I have heard with uh, steroid use or what I like to call advanced supplementation is building and cutting comes a lot easier with those different things that you use, right? Mm -hmm. With somebody who has a blank pure canvas, you got to put in the work to make those changes. It's just not going to come overnight, right? I'm not going to take a pill or inject myself and wake up shredded the next day or in seven days or, you know, put on 10 pounds of muscle mass in two months, right? Mm -hmm. When a judge gives you feedback and they say you have to come in fuller, that doesn't mean go home and eat a hamburger and stuff my face and then get back on stage in two weeks. What that means is, all right, I have to do what I can to finish up this season. And in during, during my off time, make those changes because changes like that take months. Oh yeah. I got the, I got the critique of building up my upper body and I'm like, there is no way I'm going to be able to build up my upper body. I'm like, I've got, I've got four weeks. Like it's not physically humanly possible. So I started doing some research and one of the things I found was, um, Increasing your weights or even just making sure you don't decrease your weights in the gym will help uh, maintain that muscle that you do have. Yep. So I was like, okay, time to up it. (laughs) And and then, and then taking for a natural athlete, you have to take time off. Mm -hmm. You you don't have all that synthetic crap and you keeping you going, keeping your muscles hard and keeping you full. Like, it's being taken from your body, all that you purely have, all that organic body that you have. If you continue in a caloric deficit, it has to come from somewhere. So you get less and less and less and less full. And for you guys listening out there, if you if you just pay attention, just, you know, look at content. I'm not calling anybody out, but, you know, you will see things progressively go downhill for some that just compete back to back. That happened to me. I, I, you know, I've been way too lean and flat. Like, for instance, that show we did together in 2017, SAC Pro uh, 2017. I didn't get call outs. I was just like a string bean up there. Right? It mm-hmm. was well deserved. I came back a year later in 2018, that same show. And that was my first victory. The time in between those shows was one year. 
of reverse dieting and 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 taking time for my body to rest and plumping those muscles back up right so mm-hmm. a whole year as a natural athlete to go from you know not placing to a victory and and having 21 points on the olympia board you know so it can be done for you guys who you know are are down because you have heard you can't be natural to compete that's untrue hear this from me you can accomplish this naturally there are pros that are natural that are successful i'm natural never touched anything in my life Jessica Palmer, one of my best friends, she's natural as well. She just got off the Arnold stage. She has a a ton of muscle mass, ton of muscle mass. Also works her tush off in the gym. It is doable. So you guys don't lose hope out there. I love your message. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) My pleasure. I feel like we need this more. You know, we don't have enough of this. You know, I feel like there's a lot of pressure, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and luckily I have, you know, I really appreciated, you know, when you have a coach that's kept you healthy and has kept your mind right, you know, stick with them because I've been with the same coach for the last three, three and a half years and she's never pressured me to do anything. And I think yeah. a lot of the times, you know, a lot of this pressure comes obviously from looking at social media and scrolling, but also from the coaches. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You you talk to a coach, the first thing they want to do is prescribe you something. Nope. You know, so if you find a coach that, you know, that's their realm, you know, all natural um, competing, you know, all naturally, you know, you find that person, you stick with that person and you let them, you know, study your body and you educate yourself as well. And that kind of mix um, will get you get you far. Yes, I agree. And then I just want to also add one thing. So, and this is coming from my personal experience as a natural athlete. I've lost my period. I've lost my cycle for extended um, periods of time. If I can get down to a body fat so low where I lose my period for months, what do you think is happening to the insides of a competitor who's using stuff? Just that's just a little food for mm. thought. That's and that's scary as hell. That is scary as hell because yeah, guess that what? is really scary. After all this competing, there is life outside of this. There are beautiful women that put their hearts and souls into this that will still be beautiful after all of this is done. And I'm sure they're going to want a family. I'm sure they're going to want life outside of this. Right? And if you're jeopardizing your hormonal health, your reproductive organs, your health in general, to get on stage, that is something that just, like, tears me up. And you, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. So just, you know, keep in mind, just please, like, don't get all caught up in like the hype of competing and fall into the pressure of taking stuff because you really don't have to. You really don't have to. And at the time, it may sound good to do it, but it's not. It's not worth it. It is not worth it. Like back to what you were saying, like there's a lot of things that go on unspoken 
A lot of girls that end up in the hospital and don't talk about it because they're embarrassed or they feel badly about it or they're not courageous enough to talk about it. But like this has to be known. Like nobody should be doing two hours of cardio a day. Nobody should be eating calories below their resting metabolic rate and training and doing cardio. Like there is hope out there. There are ways to do this healthy. And for you guys, please just do your research. Like you can reach out to me. I would be more than happy to like, just talk with you and just give you some nuggets of information to help you. Like there are ways to keep yourself healthy. And it's so ironic because society or people or friends and family look at us like, oh, you're so healthy, but it's like, (laughs) 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 like, that's what you think. Yes. Some of us are healthy, but there's also a handful that, you know, I can't say the same, you know what I mean? So as women, as a woman, just please be careful and just understand what you're getting yourself into and what you're committing to. So I'm so passionate about this. Like I am so, so passionate. No, I love it. And you know, I have like so many more questions for you too. Um, And it it has to pertain, it's pertaining to nutrition. Um, Do you, I mean, you kind of answered it, but I'm kind of a little confused. So I kind of want to talk about it a little bit more. Sure. Do you feel like you're able to eat more being all natural? Because I feel like I eat less. I feel like um, I'm not able to get myself into a good reverse system where I've been able to really reverse to a high amount of caloric intake. I feel like every time I, I'm going to be straight honest, every time I do a show, I just feel like I'm like not eating enough. You know what I mean? And But I feel like that deficit is getting me to where, you know, it's getting me lean enough. And I feel like because I'm not using enhancements, that's, that's my way of getting lean enough, honestly, just to keep cutting calories. Hi, ladies. So I wanted to come on here because after editing, I feel like there was a little bit more information that was needed. I am not new to competing. I was on the national circuit for four years before turning pro. And then after turning pro, I did two shows to get my feet wet. And then before starting my first official full year as a professional athlete, I took nine months off after losing my father. I worked hard to build, rest, and recover and shape my body. As you know, bikini continues to evolve and the girls on the pro circuit continue to get bigger and bigger. I have realized that this year, I continue to get consistent feedback of getting tighter, bigger upper body, and just, you know, more developed because the girls are now bigger and they're even coming in with cap shoulders. I have had to diet harder and I am coming in five pounds under stage weight to even come close to their conditioning, which is mind blowing to me. I am continuing to see progress every single show, which I am so excited about, and I have grown significantly in size from last year. I really have. However, I have noticed that it may not be enough, and I am, like I said, shocked. So being that I'm an all-natural competitor, I may ask many questions for not only myself, but for other girls who are starting their pro journey being all natural. I hope this little snippet kind of helps you understand kind of like where I'm coming from and why I'm seeking these questions and why these questions are extremely important and how they can help you as well. Okay, so 
the first thing that popped up, you know, when you said that was some sort of metabolic damage. Um, now, when a person's metabolism is in that state, they need to stop trying to get ready for the show. And I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about in general. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and start a reverse to start repairing the insides. Um, so it, it takes time. A reverse is actually harder than the, the prep itself, if that makes sense. And the reason why is because it's kind of like you're getting teased every week with just like adding small amounts of calories back into your diet, you know? Um, but that takes time. So I'll explain how you should feel, right? When you're getting ready for a show, you should be a little bit hungry. You should always be a little bit hungry. Yeah, you want to be in a slight caloric deficit enough to where you can see the changes, but still be able to perform. Does that make sense? Like, it, it's not going to be the same for everyone. It's going to be different for everyone, obviously, because we have different heights. We're different weights. We have um, our uh, energy exponential is going to be different. But your feelings should be, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit hungry. Um, but I'm not dying to the point where my brain is in a fog and it's a black hole and I can't focus on anything, mm. right? You should still be able to get into the gym, perform your lifts. If you have cardio, do your cardio and function. Um, so if it gets to a point where someone's calories just continue to get slashed and slashed and slashed, and they're not seeing the changes or the results, that means it's time to, to step away and really start reversing back up, right? Because you can only go up from there. When you're in the crapper, you can only get out of the crapper, right? The, the way to do that is to, to make a change, which is going to be going in the other direction and adding food and laying off the cardio. Because typically when somebody doesn't, see any changes the coach is like or whoever is like oh all right take away the food add more cardio mm, well after the third check-in the fourth check-in the fifth check-in the fifth and sixth week and you're still the same then inside something's wrong hmm. something needs to be repaired inside so um that's where that whole reverse methodology comes in which is so so important so important and then, and you have to also communicate to your coach how you feel. If you feel like a crazy person, you feel like you're going to die, you can't move, you can barely pick up a weight at the gym, your cardio, you're dreading doing it, like, you got to step away, you got to put your foot down, you know? So. I have a, another question about that then, because um, over the years of dieting, um, because when I first started competing, we you know, in the coaches that I've had before, I've gotten to significant lows, right? Mm -hmm. And now I feel like my lows are low, but they're not as low. And mm -hmm. every year it gets a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, now, what is realistic enough to bring up your intake every time you or every year or every time you go into a show if that makes sense um, so like let's just use figurative numbers so like for instance like i think 
you know, a healthy, I mean, I would like to ease into a show at, you know, 1700 calories. I've never been able to do that before. I think that would be amazing. Or maybe even 1500 calories. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, maybe in the past, I mean, I don't really know, but let's say I started with 600 calories going into a show. Now I'm at about 1200 calories. What would you say? And that's healthier, but we still want to bring that up. So what is Mm -hmm. realistic to be able to bring that up? Right. Like time frame, anyways. Oh, uh, that okay. There's so many factors. That's why it's it's very sticky to answer those questions, mm-hmm. um, especially because we're all different. But, um, let's say you're at. Uh, oh, and the reason why I asked this be- is because a lot of girls, you know, they have terrible preps, right? They're like, yeah. "Oh my god, I had a bad experience. I don't want to do a lot of cardio, and I don't want to." You know, I don't want to have to be in a huge deficit and I want to eat more. But what they don't realize is the first time they've done it, you know, now your body is accommodated. It's used to this. It's this is how it gets lean. So this is, uh, you know, this is what it it needs in order to get there. I mean, you can you can make the changes, but you're still going to have to suffer just a tad. You know what I mean? It's going to get better, but it's a gra- I don't think people realize it's going to be a gradual change, kind of like what I described. Like, you know, my yep. four or five years of competing, it's still I, it's still hard to get me to lows, but it's yep. still better than it's ever been. So what would – what's realistic for that, like the time frame? Okay. And- okay. So what's realistic for somebody coming off of a terrible prep is a, an off season. Mm. It's not to go back into another show. It's you sit your butt out and your reverse diet and you find a coach that's going to take the time and Jamie DeBernard is amazing with this. Mm. She's my coach. I love her to death. She's a godsend. The time and the tender love and care to get that person healthy again. So what that means is um, their, uh, their, um, their baseline calories that they need just to survive you off the bing, bring them up to whatever those are. So if that's 1,500 calories, you bring them up to 1,500 calories off the bing, okay? They may – so a couple things could happen. Um, they either start improving. Their body composition starts to improve or maybe they gain a little bit of weight. It just – it all depends on – what their physical starting point is. Mm-hmm. But for me, I feel that you can never go wrong with um, just off the bing, starting the person with their baseline calories, right? So you start them there and then you do your weekly check-ins and weekly check-ins in the off season is so important. A lot of competitors don't do it. Uh-uh, you got it. If you want longevity in the sport, you have to be consistent, Right. This is 24-7. This isn't 12 weeks out of the year or 22 weeks out of the year. Sorry. Let me go back to what I was saying. Um, so, you know, as each check-in um, comes, then that's when you add the calories based on how their body's responding, right? So if you start them at their baseline calories and the, their first check-in they drop, then you could start adding 10 grams, 20 grams of carbs, maybe five grams of fats. So you have to learn their body first, right? And you could take months to reverse somebody. Like a reverse diet just doesn't happen in four weeks or eight weeks for somebody that has come out of a very bad prep. 
that could take months and you have to be patient with it because like I was saying before it's harder than the prep itself because you're kind of getting teased with those calories every week but um it's it's important and it will repair things over time and being an all natural competitor when a coach tells you that or sorry not a coach but when a judge tells you that you need to be harder how exactly like what's your technique for getting harder um especially if you're not using anything um so uh, well becoming harder comes with muscular maturity and it's just something that you gotta it's just feedback that you have to swallow Mm. right because if I'm doing a show one weekend and they're like we want you harder and I do a show that same next weekend I'm not coming in harder it's not humanly possible natural thank you I feel that way all the time I'm like harder I I don't know what else to do so 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 (laughs) what that means when they say I want you harder that means that you need more muscular maturity and with muscular maturity takes time, time. and reps in the gym and exactly. weight and heavy weight in the gym mm. and potentially a off season, you know, like I can't, I cannot express like, okay, maybe try and explain it like this. Um, people, uh, there's a lot of impatience within the bodybuilding world. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, Patience is not a common thing. Impatience is a very common thing. That's why you see so much steroid use because people want results overnight, right? You have to be patient. Like if you plan this whole season, you pay all this money, book your flights, book your accommodations, and your feedback is are uh, improvements that you need to make that are going to take time. You got to rock with the body you have because there are no changes, drastic changes that can be made in one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. It's just, it's not possible. Like, yes, you can make small tweaks here and there to come in maybe a little bit tighter, a little bit fuller, but to make drastic changes, if that's your feedback, you have to be patient and you have to wait until that off season make the appropriate changes during your off season, execute, and then come back next season fresh. And that's another thing. Yep. And that's another thing that I want to bring up off seasons and rest rest is so important because competing back to back to back to back that produces a tired physique and a tired physique looks soggy. And a soggy physique is not cute. So how to fix that is to take an off season with ample time to replenish those muscle bellies, grow them a little bit. If you give yourself enough time, get your rest, get nourished, and then dial it back in to come back next season with a nice, fresh, plump, fruitful body. And that's another thing that is super, super important. Like the resting element within training. I mean, we were all, we're all guilty of the team, no days off, yada, yada. Right. But I take two full days off from the gym, two full days of no weights because how hard I train during those five days, my body's like, all right, girl, you need to sit down. 
Like that's the level of intensity that I train that by those two rest days, I'm like, praise the Lord because my body needs it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And again, that's what creates those changes. That is what creates that, that, um, the, the changes that those judges asked for when they gave you that feedback. Like I tell you between November and now I have like worked like crazy to put on the little bit of muscle that I have. And, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see, um, this season because it's a new body. It's actually quite nerve wracking. You know, you're accustomed to bringing in a certain package, every show it's like clockwork but then you take time off you build you make some tweaks you make some changes then that first show back is always like oh boy how's this gonna look (laughs) so that time off is super super important and taking you know rest days from training is super important as well thank you for all of your tips i very much appreciate it i know i've kind of threw out a little personal (laughs) questions there, but I'm sure there's a lot of people in the same boat that can, you know, take away from this and really appreciate like real questions being asked and actually having, you know, legitimate answers. Um, What are your goals uh, this year in the sport? I know you already said you had 21 points to the Olympia. That's amazing. Yes. Um, So my goals for this year is to, um, Obviously, every showing bring a very crisp, clean, polished package. Um, And by that, that's accomplishing, you know, so much more, you know, giving my all into every single prep and really representing myself in a way that makes me proud and those that believe in me. Um, make me proud that that's my goal to every time I step on stage, you know, make those who have helped me get here proud and really represent this sport in a positive, good way. Yay. I love that. So we're actually um, coming to a close and I just wanted to ask you the bikini question. You can answer this however you'd like. Okay. If there is one thing you could confess, whether it be good or bad, about your experiences as a competitor, fill in the blank. Dear Diary. Oh, boy. Um, if I could make a confession. Oh, boy. Good or bad? Good or bad. Good or bad. Oh, Okay. Uh, okay, this one's interesting. So I never thought in a million years I would excel at something that I, I, I hated. And let me expand on that. Growing up, I used to hate wearing a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> I used to hate. Wearing a bikini, a two-piece bikini, like, I always had this tall, straight, up-and-down athletic figure with no boobies. Like, always a tomboy, and I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to wear a bikini. And now as an adult, you know, I'm a professional athlete within a sport that requires me to 
um, wear a two-piece sparkly bikini and I've been successful. So what's the irony in that? I had to do a little bit of thinking to think about that, but that's my confession. Oh, and I hate my legs. <laughs> that's my other confession. Thank you for your confession. Your legs are beautiful. They're long like mine. Don't say that. <laughs> you know what? I think it's, um, I've been really working hard to, to, to shake them up. Um, you know, yeah. So dang, you caught me with that leg confession, man. <laughs> man. But this is all about transparency, right? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I of course. I enjoyed talking to you. I have another question though. What advice would you give to someone wanting to become a bikini professional in the sport? Dear research, ask your questions, reach out to me. I got your back. Yay! Love that. <laughs> and if we wanted to look you up and stalk you, um, <laughs> where would we go to find you? Of course. You can go to my Instagram page. It's jlifts, double underscore, um, J-A-Y-L-I-F-T-S, underscore, underscore. Um, and you can you can catch me there. DM me, and uh, I got your back. Yay! Thank you so much for being on today. Of course. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed our talk. You're so sweet. Thank you again. If you love this episode, just as much as I love this episode, and you know someone who may love this episode just as much as you and I loved this episode, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you could help me help others. So please, if you loved it, it takes 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review and share with all of your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today and always remember to never give up on your dreams.